Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you stories that will inspire you, educate you, and give you hope. I want to thank my studio sponsor, The Motivated Mind Group, based right here in downtown Chandler, your global creative agency. Today, my guest is Francine Sumner. She owns and is the founder of the nonprofit organization Kid in the Corner. It's to shatter the stigma that surrounds mental illness and to support the kid in the corner, whoever they are. Please help me welcome my guest today, Francine Sumner. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Yes, we finally connected. Yes. And um, I did take a peek on your website because I wasn't quite really sure what this was about, but the one thing that hits me the most is mental illness mental health. Mm -hmm. I think everyone qualifies that at some point in their time of life, right? But oh, absolutely. It's amazing how many people are affected. At, at all ages, you know, something that yeah. triggers us, whatever it may be. And so most of the time people will think that it's based on an imbalance or a situation. And this actually is based on kind of both. And I want you to share with me the individual who we... I get choked up because I, I know your journey. Please, yeah. so tell me the founding behind Kid in the Corner. So Kid in the Corner was founded in 2017 after I lost my youngest son, Zachary, who was 16 years old at that time to suicide. And, you know, when we really took a long, hard look at his story, for us, it was all about stigma. Yeah. Right. It was all about that shame and embarrassment mm -hmm. that is so prevalent surrounding mental illness. And when I say stigma, I mean, you know, not having the words, not knowing where to go, not having the resources, mm -hmm. peers not reaching out to peers, Zachary not understanding what was happening to him and why he was feeling the way he was. So many things prevented us from getting him the help he needed, the reassurance he needed, building protective factors for him. Um, and in the very end, he was misdiagnosed because we only saw, we, we had to see four psychiatric providers in a six month period. Wow. No one had him long enough to properly diagnose him. Mm -hmm. So in the end, he was misdiagnosed. He was actually bipolar, but he was on antidepressants and antidepressants and bipolar teens can really increase suicidal ideation. And he took his life in a very manic moment. So before you get further into the ins and outs of Kid in the Corner, I am mm -hmm. a stickler about asking about someone how they lived versus how they passed away. So I want you yeah. to give me a little bit about your son, Zach. Oh. Zachary was one of a kind. He was, um, he was the youngest of three. So, uh, you know, the youngest child, and he played that like a fiddle. <laughs> he was so kind. He really was one of the kindest people I've really ever known. You know, if, if he had such empathy, if people were, if friends of his were absent from school, he would always bring them homework and snacks. He could tell when a teacher was having a hard day, he would bring Aww. a chocolate bar. Um, he was really kind, yeah, to, to neighbors that moved in on the street. He'd welcome them, all kinds of things like that. Loved animals, animals were his life from a very early age. He would foster animals and take care of animals and gravitate to animals. He was really good at math, loved math. He double skipped math. 
Um, he won a great math Olympiad award. Loved the Rubik's Cube. He was doing it 24-7, My always. My favorite thing I used to do as a teenager. And the snake, too, the Rubik's snake. Yes, yes. And he was in competitions. He learned it um, in oh. elementary school. And oh, he, yeah, he loved it. He was an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. so he um, loved businesses. He always had a business. Um, he was terrible at spelling, really bad handwriting. <laughs> um, he was just a, yeah, he was a cool kid. Good for him. And, and um, there's other things we'll talk about because we just talked prior to starting this recording on some signs. If anyone believes in the signs from our loved ones, they are real. And they are very much comforting too when you recognize them or someone else can, as I have to you, yeah. recognize those signs. Now, um, to go back onto the program, it's, yeah. it's titled Kid in the Corner. Why Kid in the Corner? Because the kid in the corner is the kid who somehow flies under the radar, the one who needs to be reached out to, the one who's feeling so alone, the one who's new, the one who's absent, the one who's left the soccer team, the one who might be having a sad or a bad day. There are kids in the corner everywhere. And we ourselves, you know, will be kids in the corner in and out of our lives as well. Mm -hmm. And so this program really is targeted towards everyone because, you know, it's the kid in the corner, whoever that may be. It and could be a young, everywhere. it could be, and as you mentioned, it's not necessarily, I mean, if you see the title, you think, oh, it's just for kids, but you already said it's not. It's sometimes it's that adult that was that kid that you're talking about that just kind of getting through Absolutely. life or trying to get through life. Yeah. Right. And while our program is targeted for youth, right? I mean, we go into schools and deliver this programming. Mm -hmm. The Penny Pledge, which I'm sure we'll get into, yes. is applicable to every walk of life, every age, every gender, every race, everyone, Everybody. right? It's, mm -hmm. it's an individual call to action that can affect and help everyone and anyone. Mm -hmm. And I actually went on your website and saw, I've got these printout here, all the different things that you have within your um, organization. And, you know, you started out with Zachary's story. And honestly, I didn't know what he looked like until I printed this. And so I felt like I was already connected to him after having talked to you on the phone. And now we're talking about mm -hmm. him and I feel him that much closer. Where did the story begin with him that... Um, you felt that this was very important, because I know it was very shortly after he passed away that you actually founded this organization. Right, exactly, mm -hmm. it was in 2000. He, he passed away June 13th, 2017, and we were already in the works um, in September because it was so apparent to us that we were missing, you know, we were missing, the, there was something missing mm -hmm. in youth mental health awareness mm -hmm. at the very, very foundational level. Mm -hmm right? Mm -hmm. Not knowing the amazing resources that we have in Arizona, right? Not understanding, you know, trying to get that message out to youth mm -hmm. to check in on their friends that are absent or that have, are not having lunch at their table anymore or, mm -hmm. and the reasons why and how to do it and how to start the conversations by starting the mental health conversations, we will start to shatter stigma, but we're so uncomfortable with the conversations. We have to learn how to have them. And, that they're not so scary after all. I wonder if it's not so much um, the fear of it as much as some people would think it's the shame or the, the lack of understanding. 
why yeah, someone would feel that way. Yeah, I want to say it's not so much shame as it is a lack of understanding. Because at any time, even as an adult, it's not just a child thing. It's I understand it too that um, as we get older, we know our minds change along with our outside, you know, body. But our minds change, and that's where Alzheimer's mm -hmm. and other things come into play. But older people get into that depressive state of mind, and um, then yeah. that that I mean, turns things too. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. You know, Zachary was hospitalized, um, you know, during his his battle and he was happy to go to, you know, not happy to go to the hospital, yeah. but he he was going to do anything he could to get his life back. Wow. He really just wanted to be who he knew he was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. he, you know, these feelings of depression mm -hmm. and suicidal ideation were, um, you know, scary for him. He just wanted his life back. So he was in the hospital for two weeks. And when he got out of the hospital, Two days later, he told me that when he turned his phone on, he had no messages, no texts, no voicemails, no emails, nothing. And, you know, it just perpetuated that feeling of being invisible, of being that kid in the corner. Mm -hmm. And I had to show him my phone, mm -hmm. which was blowing up. Everybody wanted to know how was he, what could they do? But nobody reached out to him because they didn't know what to say. It wasn't right. that they didn't care. Right. But they didn't know how important it was. They didn't know what to say. They felt awkward. Um, just understanding that it's so important to reach out, so important to let people know that they're seen mm -hmm. and cared about. I can feel that way sometimes too. Um, and that's where we have to figure out the balance of when do we really want to have our devices in front of us to be connected or not connected and, and be okay with not being connected to, to the outside world sometimes, right? Well, exactly. And, you know, we may not, like you and I know, right, we may not be in a place where we can respond. Mm -hmm. You know, we have our sad and bad days mm -hmm. where they're horrible for us and we feel like we can't breathe. Mm -hmm. But we know the people that reach out to us those days mm -hmm. and we know we're not alone. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that we have the capacity to reach back out or to even acknowledge it. But just getting those phone calls or those texts that say, I'm thinking about you today. I know it's a tough one. Yeah really helps us to know we're not alone. You know, there's that saying, there's an answer in silence. There's, right. there's words unsaid that are in silence, and that goes both ways. Mm -hmm. so, right, exactly. Yeah, it does, it does. Mm -hmm. Let me talk, let's, so, let's talk about a couple of things you have here. Um, one of the uh, things that was on your website was school programs. Tell me about the school programs, so that if anyone's interested in finding more or, or perhaps getting you into their schools, that would be helpful too, to right. give an awareness, to, especially to teenagers when they're already going through their right. they what they call their worst days, their change of life, all the different things that they battled just being a teenager. All the things. Mm -hmm. So our our program <clears throat> is a, in. We have programming from fourth grade and up, from fourth, fifth, sixth, sometimes seventh grade. We do a three day program, and it's called the Penny Pledge. And the reason it's called the Penny Pledge is because Zachary was a coin collector, amongst other things. And when he died, we found thousands and thousands of pennies. And we drilled holes in them originally to wear them, to remind us to be kind like he was. But now it's really the cornerstone of our organization. So the Penny Pledge is three parts. Um, once people go through the program, they pledge to reach out to the kid in the corner, they pledge to take care of their own mental health, and they pledge to be a safe and caring person that others can talk to. And the program is also in three parts, like the pledge. The first day is all about reaching out. So we tell Zachary's story. We point out where stigma reared its ugly head. We have discussions around why that was. 
And we talk about the importance of reaching out, not only to people that we know, but to people that we don't know. Mm -hmm. um, how can we reach out anonymously? What are some acts of kindness that we can do so that other people feel seen and recognized? Mm -hmm. And their homework that night is to reach out to three people. And then they come back the next day and we talk about it. We talk all about what those experiences were, how it made them feel, how it made the person they reached out to feel. Then we move on to the second part of the pledge, which is pledging to take care of our own mental health, knowing it's okay to not be okay, and a strength to ask for help. And we normalize mental health and physical health, right? Sad and bad days are going to come and go just like colds come and go. Yeah. And when our colds turn into something worse, we, we get help. We're not ashamed to get help. Mm -hmm. We know we can't heal ourselves. Same thing with mental health. When we know we develop these self-care plans for our sad and bad days with mindfulness techniques mm -hmm. and safe people we can reach out to and identifying our self-love languages. You know, for Zach, it was animals. For Zach's dad, it was physical activity. Had they had the conversation, this is what works for me when I'm stressed, what works for you, they would have learned that about each other. Instead, they butt heads. So the homework that night <clears throat> is to go home and have a mental health conversation with your, with a family member about what works for you when you're stressed, learn about what works for your family member when they're stressed. The next day, we come back and talk about that. And then we learn what to do if somebody comes to us saying they want to harm themselves. So, you know, pledging to be that safe and caring person. Mm -hmm. And we learn the difference between tattling, which yeah. is to get someone in trouble, right. and advocating, right. which is to get somebody help. Right. We learn the hotlines like Teen Lifeline and things like that. And we learn about empathy. And then they take the pledge and we have strengthened the community one youth at a time. I like that. And so when you're in the schools, um, how much of a, and I saw that you have testimonials on here too from different areas, like from a student, a social worker's point of view, and then of course a parent, because they are different. Um, mm -hmm. How many, would you say students would come to you after you actually had these, um, you said you go to the schools? We go right into the schools, yeah. And you speak. Oh, I get, I have students come up to me after every presentation mm -hmm. saying, you know, thank you for bringing this conversation to mm -hmm. light mm -hmm. because I didn't realize how many people were feeling like I did. I had no idea Teen Lifeline was there. I didn't know how to articulate my needs. I didn't realize I could create my own self-care plan. Mm -hmm. And I have had friends come to me saying they wanted to harm themselves and I didn't know what to do. I do now know what to do. Mm -hmm. So invariably, after every presentation, we have, we have students come up all the time. And it's meant <clears throat> to, for students to bubble up and ask for help. So we always make sure that there are safe people at school um, that can deal with the kids that come forward and say, you know, because of this program, I, I do need help. I, I am struggling. Mm -hmm. um, it also really helps teachers to, to learn a little bit more about their students. Mm, I like that. Right? Mm -hmm. And why their students are exhibiting certain behaviors. Mm -hmm. And sitting in, you know, because we do it sort of sitting in a circle on the floor, students learn a lot about each other. Mm -hmm. And they have more empathy for their fellow classmates because they understand what some of them are going through. Well, there's a lot of pressures for the schools. These students are in the schools more than they're at home. And then you've got right. all of these students in the same, 
existence that have all of their own things that they're bringing in from being at home or their own personal feelings. And so then now you've got this big mix and you've got, the staff is far over um, powered by the student body versus them being able to go one-on-one. -on -one. So mm -hmm. with that being said, you know, social workers, counselors, and teachers, what is their perspective on your program? Have they given you any feedback on that? Oh yeah, we just did an impact video that we um, launched at our, debuted at our gala that was uh, a few weeks ago. And we went around and interviewed um, some parents and some educators, social workers about the program. And they love it. First of all, teachers have enough on their plate and don't have the time to deliver programming like this. Right. Second of all, when somebody comes from the outside, it's a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. You can sit around in a circle, they feel safe and the teachers are not delivering the programming so they can absorb the programming. Mm -hmm. They can observe the kids, you know, they can take the lessons. Mm -hmm. They practice the penny pledge as well. They reach out to three people, they create their self-care plans. Um, and then when we leave, you know, we'll find out, you know, afterwards, the kids that have sort of come forward, um, different ways that kids have started to reach out to each other, the different behaviors that they're seeing. It's really quite amazing. I like hearing that. And you know, I commend teachers um, for a lot of different reasons, but they're taking on other individuals' lives and don't even know the mm -hmm. details, but yet they have to figure it out and still be able to do their lessons and make yeah. these students to be successful individuals in their futures. So any of the teachers that are out there, I commend you for doing what you do. Plus they don't get enough pay or the time or the recognition that they deserve. So I say thank you to the teachers. Um, and they're individuals struggling as oh well, yeah. right? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I always say I am a little girl trapped in an adult body. I think we can all relate to right. that. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> um, and then um, the feedback on parents. What is it that you've gotten with parents? Because I'm sure that maybe you have some way of letting them know I don't want to say warning signs, but perhaps there is something that can help a parent that's not going to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened to me. I hate hearing that. But I, I know that it's going to be said that maybe they thought there was something else they could have recognized or done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So we always send a parent letter home before we do programming. Okay. And the, the parent letter explains the program to the parents. And it has questions that they can ask their child each night about the program. So dinner table conversations, you know, car rides to soccer conversations, tell me about the penny pledge, what's your self-care plan, who's your safe person to talk to. Mm -hmm. So they sort of, um, you know, it, it's trying to inspire conversations, which is how we shatter stigma. Mm -hmm. So we give the parents that tool as well. And then we always offer parent presentations to every school for their parent body mm -hmm. so that they can go through the program as well and be on the same page as their kids. And then we've had calls from parents that said, you know, thank you so much because my kid came forward and we've, we've now gotten them help. You know, they're, they're in the appropriate help um, or they're in the appropriate program or we've gotten them on medication or we've identified this, that or the other thing. So, so with that, that follows the next thing that I have here, mental health. Um, it's such, it's just one word, but there's so many different parts of it. You offer resources. What kind of resources do you provide or give to the community that they can follow through with or follow up on? Right. So, so what we really do, one of our pillars is to connect the community to resources. So we really try 
to connect as many people to the amazing resources, youth resources that we have here in Arizona. That was something that I really struggled with when Zachary was um, going through what he was going through. I had no idea what existed in Arizona at all. Didn't know how to find providers. I didn't know there was Teen Lifeline. I had no idea that there was a suicide hotline, which is now 988. Mm -hmm. Um, I had no idea about One in Mm Ten. The LGBTQ youth organization here in Arizona is amazing. Mm -hmm. All the different um, organizations that offer scholarships for people who can't afford therapy. So many amazing resources that we've collected now that we impart on the community at large. Isn't it amazing how we can be in a community and still be missing information? And it's, yes. and it's organizations like you and others that I have sat um, with and heard their stories, how they founded it, why they founded it. And, and then people are like, but I didn't know they were there. Just kind of like with me and my own story. I didn't know those resources were available. And then I found my own way of, of dealing with it. And then all of a sudden the doors open. You're like, oh, here's this. And now I can refer people as much as I can, exactly. all different topics. I didn't know community is, it's big and it's small at the same time. And you just broke right, it down. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you know, trying to, trying to connect people to the just foundational resources, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Just the blanket resources. And you walk into a school or you walk into a parent presentation, you ask who knows what 911 is and everybody raises their hands. Right. But if you ask them what is 988, nobody knows. It's about talking about it, mm-hmm. sharing the information. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to get it out there. Sharing is the biggest key and communicating it. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. I say yep. education, communication are huge. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then something like this, trust is even bigger, right? Like you said, oh, the absolutely. pledges. Yeah. Um, before I ask my final question, the educational resources, I mean, you talked about mental health resources. Is there a difference with the educational resources? Because that was another part that was on your website. Yeah. So it's kidinthecorner.org. And yeah, we have all kinds of resources. We have resources that, um, you know, people can can attend to learn about mental health. There are resources people can use um, when they're in crisis. There are resources that the community can use when they're not in crisis, but just need information. It's just really about understanding where those resources are and how to use them. So now if someone was to ask about your nonprofit, you just mentioned that you had a gala a couple of weeks ago. And, we did. And so if someone was to say, if you're, so you're raising monies, obviously that's what fundraisers are. Where is that? That's right. Where is that money going? Is that a resource of that someone can call you up and say, I yes. need this to help with mental health? Where's that money going? Okay, so we're, it's going to provide programming in schools. We work very hard to fundraise, to grant right. Um, you know, we, we have our fundraisers, individual co- contributions, things like that, so that we never ever have to charge a school. We don't charge schools for programming. We don't charge schools for materials. We don't charge schools for anything. So we have a couple of program facilitators, uh, along with myself, um, you know, that get paid a stipend to go into schools and deliver this programming. And that's where the funding goes. Okay. To help them, to help the community, um, you know, help us to connect the community to resources, to help us continue on with our kindness programming. That's where the money goes. I did see that on your website as well. If someone wanted to be a part of your program, is that a possibility? 
I mean, not as a yeah, recipient, but as maybe a, a educational uh, resource or an educational person to reach out, or I think a sponsor. Sometimes people have like AA has a sponsor that someone you can call on. And do you have that type right. of uh, programming too? We have we have different types of um, we have different types of volunteer opportunities. Okay. The best thing to do would be to look on the website or to reach out to us um, and talk about what your interests are, and you know we can certainly put you to good use. <laughs> put you to good use in a very positive way for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And you know you talked about pennies, and I know you couldn't come into the studio here, but. You're not that far away, so either I can send you a penny or two or three that I have found that I mentioned to you in the last few days, um, or I can meet up with you and you can do the honors for me in drilling a hole, and I would love to be able to have that as um, one of the penny pledges that I can hold oh, on to. That would be amazing, yeah. yes. I, um, I, I'm always about supporting in, in any of the nonprofits as best as I can, and it means something to me as well, because I sit here one-on-one -on -one for a very short time and get to know someone, and then we go back to our lives, right? But you'll always remember what that person made you feel like. So I want to say thank absolutely. you for that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Is there anything that I did not ask? I, I ask a lot of questions, <laughs> and I love asking a lot of questions because then I get to be a bit more knowledge. And uh, crazy enough, I actually have had the opportunity of having conversations outside of here with other people based on things that I have interviewed about. And I go, oh my gosh, I have an answer for that. Or I have someone I think you could talk to or as a resource, you know, I'm always about the referral. Is there anything that I did not ask that I did find on the website and forgot to mention that you want to share before I ask my final question? Um, you know, I don't think so. I think we really covered a lot of it. You know, <laughs> the penny pledge is really the most important thing. Mm -hmm. I would say um, to everybody listening, uh, you know, treat mental health the same way you would as physical health. Mm -hmm. Ask people how they're doing. Check in with people. Check in with yourself. Know that it's okay to not be okay and have the conversations. You know, help to share that stigma by having the conversations. Yes, and I recognize, and I, I appreciate you wearing your shirt, too. Thank you. Um, by the way, it's purple, right? So it's purple. Um, for mental health awareness, but also Zachary was a huge Minnesota Vikings fan. Oh, sorry. So... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have family in Minnesota. I was from Wisconsin, so it's a little rivalry there. So I get it. I totally oh, get yes, it. <laughs> I understand. Yes, I, I completely understand. However, we are diehard Viking fans. Okay. And um, so that's how the purple started. But it also aligns with mental health awareness and suicide mm -hmm, prevention, mm -hmm, too. Mm -hmm, it does. Yeah. So I have one final question. This one, okay. this is more of the heart of yours. Um, if I only had one question I could ask an individual to get an idea about who they are or what they're about, this would be the question. Okay. <laughs> Drum roll. What message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of life? I would say my biggest message would be to always come from a place of kindness mm. always kindness is more powerful than we i think could ever comprehend mm -hmm. being kind to yourself and kind to others will transform it will transform your life it always does. ask yourself before you do anything before you say anything is it kind i promise you it will it will change your life 
It goes back on this phrase that I was told as a kid, <laughs> and I still remember it because I live by it still, and it's for myself, not always for everyone else. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It, you know, the, the power of your words, mm -hmm. whether they are face-to-face -face or anonymously, mm -hmm. can really affect mm -hmm. someone else in a good way or a bad way. Mm -hmm. So be careful and be kind. It's always worth it. 100%. Thank you, Francine, for being my guest, sharing your organization and sharing your son with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for making the time and for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. To my listeners and viewers, wherever you are seeing or hearing this, I thank you for tuning in today. I want to thank my Motivated Mind Group uh, sponsor. They are your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story that would help someone along their journey in life. Please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor, you may also email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well, and you take care.